left-handed scrum, but the Leafs control the face-off. Nylander working it off to the left-wing side to Matthews, down into the corner, it comes down to Tavares. Back to the far side to Marner. Mallard to Matthews, he scores! Holy Mackinac, what a bullet! 2-0 Toronto, Austin Matthews makes it 2-0! Hey! Leafs Nation post-game, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me, and we are basking in the afterglow of not just a win in Game 1, not just a big Leafs win, but a big Leafs shutout win in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Leafs go up, or, well, getting ahead of myself, not the Cup Finals yet, the Stanley Cup playoffs the Leafs take a one nothing series lead five nothing is the final Gordo as you can tell I'm a little excited I imagine you are too well you're not alone you're not alone and you know what I bet you post game around uh Leafs Nation not just the people in the building because man we just said like like let's bring this building down and this building sounded like a Toronto Raptor game I mean that's what we've been looking to happen and it was a a crowd like you haven't heard most games or playoff games so hopefully that can keep going they gave them lots to cheer about then you have uh you know those outside as well in jurassic park and um they're gonna shut they'll probably shut down a few intersections honest to god on university avenue i don't mean like tear the city down i just mean people are so pumped as they should be because just what the doctor ordered in so many ways particularly to try to get a fresh start from such a dismal bitter ugly unfortunate finish last year and Man, I'll, I mean, like th- this would be it. Now we got to keep perspective. It's one game. It's one game. That's the, you know, being fans or being media quite often, you, you might lose that. You got to win four to win a whole series. But man, what a game! It, it was incredible. Uh, you know, there's there's so much to pick on. So many different guys uh, to highlight. I mean, you know, off the tip of my tongue, Mitch Marner. Man, what a game for him. But I think we have to start with the kind of momentum turning thing that happened early on in this game. Kyle Clifford gets dinged, and rightfully so, for five in a game for his hit from behind. And we've talked about the special teams for this team all year long. And yeah, the power play is great. But man, what a kill that was. And it just gave the building life. It gave the team life. And, you know, I was worried at the end that Tampa was going to, like, squeak one through with two seconds left in the power play. Campbell was great. The penalty killers did their job. It's just, it's amazing what a kill like that early on in a game uh, did to the building, did to the team, and did to the game itself. Well, they got, they got their first uh, PK, uh, like, what, about less than two minutes into the game for starters. Then you get that five-minute one, and you're right. I mean, I feel bad for Kyle, Kyle Clifford. He had a really unfortunate minor penalty in a third ra- in a, a third period of a regular season game mm-hmm. in the offensive zone. You know, he's really trying to make an impression, and he, he'd made one or two really good hits just before that, but that third hit, it's, it's, it's not what Nazem Kadri did, okay? You don't quite go there, but, man... Like, a, like he's got to be in the dressing room. He's got to be so thrilled that he dodged the bullet and he's not the storyline of the five-minute major. Tampa Bay, Brent, the last, you know, as we know, one of the wins was against the Maple Leafs. Last 10 days of the season, they just went and kicked ass. Their mm-hmm. power plays something at 47% over that period of time. So you're thinking, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And, no, to your point, uh, the PK, not just that penalty, but the first minor penalty and that, was a strength for Toronto. They end up getting a shorthanded goal. So, you know, that was one of the first parts that they beat Tampa, they beat Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. I know that. But they beat them tonight at every facet of the game. That was it. And, you know, even the areas that you would have said, okay, well, Tampa's going to win that matchup. Nope, they didn't have the better goalie tonight. 
you know, I'm not pouring dirt on Vasilevsky and saying he won't bounce back or anything like that. But tonight, we always talk about it. You'd love the Leafs to win a goaltending matchup, and that is exactly what happened tonight. You know, Campbell wasn't called on to be all that spectacular all that often, but he was perfect, and you, you literally can't do any better th than that. You know, it, it is so funny, right? They get that kill at the beginning, and yeah, like the Leafs have a really scary power play, but so do the Lightning, and there's easily a world where it's 2 3 nothing after that, that five-minute advantage, but you kill it off, you, you run back, and then, you know, we always talk talk about these late in the period goals and how much they can kind of swing momentum. You know, it wasn't the the last, you know, 30 seconds like we always think of with that, but coming off the back of those big kills, Jake Muzzin, he gets one and you know, okay, Jake Muzzin isn't quite Ilya Labushkin in terms of, oh my god, he scored. Can you believe it? But think about what this guy's been through this year. Think about what this guy means to that team and him being the guy to kind of, you know, break through for the Leafs and get them on the board in the playoffs and then the fact that it came at the end of the first period it was just another shot to the arm when their play had already given them so many well particularly after killing that five minute penalty off and still zero zero so you're saying okay all this stuff's great but it doesn't matter if you lose the game and if tampa bay scores that first goal you know ouch and so jake muzzin mckayev did his best to deflect it uh, didn't but tried his best and maybe that was a bit of dis a distraction to vasilevsky but yeah you're you're happy for muzzin because that's not his forte it's other things that are more his forte and just a shot on goal got them going, and they and they really really took it from there. And I mentioned there was one regular season game where they scored six on Vasilevsky, and I thought mm -hmm. that was one that was good heading for the playoffs because this guy's been infallible against a lot of teams. And and I, and I say that because he's played excellent. I'm I'm just thinking off the top of my head because everything's got messed up with COVID world. And last year you never played the Tampa Bay Lightning when you're in the Canadian division, but I just remember nobody has played better the last five years, no opposing goaltender on a consistent basis against the Toronto Maple Leafs than Andre Vasilevsky. No, he, he's the guy. I mean, you know, Shesterkin has obviously vaulted himself there this year, but in terms of specifically games against the Leafs, yeah. I mean, he's been terrifying. Obviously, you didn't have to put up with him all last year because there was no uh, Vasilevsky in the Canadian division. But, but yeah, he's been the guy you kind of you kind of circle, you know, just bouncing around here. Obviously, we're, we're going to talk about the big boys here. Mitch Marner with an incredible, incredible game. Austin Matthews, same goes for him. But I actually want to mention the guy who got bumped up to be the third piece on that line no Michael Bunting so it was Kerfoot tonight and you know going back to last year's playoffs he was one of the few bright spots you had uh that you, that you felt like he really you know played above his level last year uh, against the Canadians but man oh man Kerfoot once again just looks shot out of a cannon to start this game and you know I'm not saying he's a playoff performer proven because he you know he's a point per game guy it just feels to me like it just he just looks like a different player he's just able to we always talk about flip the switch and it felt like he was a guy who could do that tonight and you know obviously it's a little easier doing that when you're playing with guys like Matthews and Marner but once again I thought Kerfoot really really looked strong uh, in his playoff uh, well not debut but this year yeah it's funny when they're in the bubble remember he had that one exhibition game kind of a nondescript and mm -hmm. he scored he scored twice in that I mean, that was a game that didn't really matter. So maybe maybe we'll add that, a little playoff cachet. You know, you know what else was, you know, him and Marner that I think it was like in the first 11 or 12 minutes, you're talking that minor and that major, they, they had to kill penalties for seven out of the first 11, 12 minutes. So a guy like Austin Matthews wasn't getting on the ice. And, and that I was worried about you start losing that flow, right? You know, you want to keep lines going, keep lines going, get your best player on the ice. But Kerfoot was a real solid part of that PK. But more importantly, 
with bunting out. I mean, he really sees that opportunity and you really saw, I mean, Tampa Bay's got all kinds of skill. They got all kinds of speed. I mean, it's not like, you know, the, the Leafs are going to kill him in that department, but, but Kerfoot's a guy with a lot of speed and he really got to utilize it tonight. Yeah, that, he, he he just fit in with those guys, and I'll, I'll give him credit there. You know, I was banging the drum. We were doing our preview show, yeah, yesterday that was, saying, man, how do you how do you find somebody to fit in in Michael Bunting's spot? And, and Kerfoot more more than excelled in that way. And, yeah, maybe, who knows, maybe the fact that he had to do all that penalty killing early on, it just kind of sucks you into the game a, a, a little bit more. But, yeah, you, you loved what you got uh, out of him there. Uh, Mitch Marner, we got to talk about this guy. You know, he we we've talked about him so much leading into it. And is there too much pressure? Does he wear too much of the blame? Well, he's wearing a ton of the success after tonight because I don't know who they named the first star. Uh, he's as good a good a look as any in my book. Uh, he gets the incredible goal that he deeks Vasilevsky from the the slot, picks up a couple of assists, including one where he takes a big hit. Uh, he just never looked you know, afraid at any moments in this game, even as the physicality crept up. Uh, if there was any, anybody out there who was wondering what version of Mitch Marner you were getting, uh, sign me up for uh, for plenty more games of that, please. So was that, that his first playoff goal since 1967? Do I have that yes, right? Yes, that's Is right. That what He's it was? Pr- yeah, that's right, yes. I, I, don't even, I don't even know if his parents were born in 1967. Okay, I, I'm, I'm not going to, well, I'm, I'm always am going to visit it because I get annoyed about people saying he gets too much blame. That's that, 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 you know, and I know that's elements of the um, pe- people close to Marner or Mitch himself feels that, and that's a crock. You know, that's a crock. That, that, the, the fans were flat out just unhappy as they should be with the performance of the team in the playoffs the last couple of years. The elite players were the ones that led the way in not leading the way. So I, I, I just want to I, I I put that to bed, and a play, uh, you know, this, more games like this will put it to bed. But tonight, he was phenomenal. He absolutely was the first star of the game. I always talk about that he actually had phenomenal playoff series against the Bruins. One of those two seasons, like a phenomenal playoff series. So it's not like he's not had, you know, solid playoff series before. And, you know, Austin Matthews, who's, who really didn't have the same level as Mitch Marner did because Mitch kills penalties. So got a lot more ice time in the Mike Bab- Babcock era where ice time for younger players was harder to come by. You know, he also has the big, the big game tonight. But Mitch Marner was the guy. He was the straw that stirred the drink. He was all those cliches. You know, where you got Stamkos and Kucherov and Point and, you know, so many so many players of excellence, including on your side, Matthews and, Nylan- and, Matthews and Tavares and Nylander. He was the guy. Yeah, he, he was incredible. And, you know, uh, again, I go back to it. It's it's if he didn't have a point tonight, if he would have just done all the things he was doing on the pa- on the uh, on the penalty kill and being the player he was. It was exactly the type of game you've wanted out of him. You throw in all the production, and yeah, it's that first power play goal, or sorry, first playoff goal in what seemingly is forever. And you know, you talk about the ice time there. Obviously, you know, a five nothing game with all the shorthanded and power play time you have, it does kind of throw things out of whack. Austin Matthews, under 17 minutes tonight. Now, again, all the penalty kill time, the fact that you're out five early, the fact that the game got a little hairy uh, later on, all that plays in. But, you know, I, I know we we dumped on Babcock for that, but I think if you're if you're Sheldon Keefe, the fact that you only use Matthews for 17 minutes, one, that's not going to be the case. He's going to play way more than that in game two. But two, you've now got your, your best guy, you know, just that little bit fresher than maybe he would have been. So, I mean... 
obviously you want Matthews and Marner playing more, but the way the game kind of shook out tonight, it, it was kind of the best of both worlds where they're feeling good, they get to produce, but you don't necessarily tax them too heavily. And not that they can't handle it, but at this time of year, any rest is, is so uh, useful. Yeah, it's not like the, again, going back to Babcock's era where it was a head-scratcher because they lost by a goal or two to the Bruins and Matthews had uh, significantly less ice time. There was a reason behind it. And again, it starts off, yeah, at the end of the game, you can roll the four lines or the three and two-thirds that you had with Clifford being out of it. But early on, just that whole rhythm, which I'm glad they found it, just having to kill so many penalties. And they actually got some power plays too. And, you know, Ron, it was mentioned on the broadcast tonight and I know talking to Coley Campbell, and it was mentioned on the broadcast tonight, something Gary Bettman's talked about. And, you know, Brent, because the last two years, again, because there were so many COVID distractions and things were just so different, you know, we kind of focused on that. And the NHL is very proud. And statistically speaking, it's been about five years now. They call more games, more penalties in the playoffs than the regular season. And there goes the, the argument that used to be about and, it, and I, I still say, you know, it, it, it could be that maybe you still don't call enough penalties because maybe more are deserved in the playoffs. But they're point well taken because it used to be you had to create a federal crime to get a penalty in the playoffs. <laughs> and there definitely was a, a second standard of officiating in the playoffs compared to the regular season. And, uh, hey, the, the uh, evidence is there. And certainly tonight we saw it. They are calling penalties. And I'm glad they are. Good for them. They are calling penalties consistently in game number 83 like they did in the first 282. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you know me. I'm I'm quick to come on here and complain about a whistle I, I don't like. I thought there were some odd penalty calls tonight, but that, that wasn't necessarily always against the Leafs. You know, the two penalties that the, the Bolts got dinged on that they gave the Leafs that five on three, you know, the either of them were a little ticky-tacky there, but there were certainly calls uh, that – that went the other way that I didn't like as well. You know, it is interesting. It's funny. They're, they're what, they did a good job of kind of keeping things tight and, you know, not being afraid to blow the whistle. And then the third period, it feels to me like, you know, again, not to nitpick here, but I guess that's what I'm about to do. You know, you've got Perry and Maroon you know, not jumping them, but holding, hooking. They're, those are all penalties. The things that they're saying, hey, fight me, Wayne Simmons, and he's skating away from it. They don't want to call anything, and then all of a sudden, you've got a line brawl here, and I hope Morgan Riley didn't break his hand at the end of this game. Oh. I'm not reporting that, but man, uh, I don't like seeing him. Now, I did love seeing him feed Jan Ruda. I'm not going to lie about that. I don't like seeing him icing his hand and leaving the game, so you're right. The, there was a standard of officiating pretty early on in this game, but as it went, the, the, that was kind of a flashpoint moment to me that hey if you were really wanting to get ahead of this you had your chance and then then we got a line brawl because because you weren't able to when Wayne Simmons was trying to be the the bigger man at the end there well and the thing is Wayne Simmons laid a hard clean hit on Victor Hedman so and I know but in a game where you got that kind of lead I'm not saying he shouldn't do it but you know if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning that's why they've won two Stanley Cups it is a call to action and you, you know and we can and again because they went to commercial break uh, for a big part of it, you know, you really didn't see it all unfolding. And anyway, the the thing that Kyle Clifford and Wayne Simmons are hoping to provide for the Maple Leafs, and Clifford, of course, was out at that point. Wayne Simmons certainly did, and the team certainly did. And I just that that's the one thing you get hurt fighting. You especially get hurt nowadays when there's visors and the equipment. You know, it's not like it was before 20, 25 years ago. And I, I, you know, putting ice on your hand is very common. 
when you fight anybody here just go outside and start punching something that's you know comparable to a face or a shoulder or equipment and you'll know the, the little beating your hand will take so I'm hoping that's not the case. We, we've seen it. I mean, Connor McDavid, how did that fight in junior hockey go for him? Not so well. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt Dumba and a few others uh, that, you know, get involved and you get hurt. And that that's the problem with fighting. I loved him standing up. And you're right. I loved him winning the fight. Uh, I just hope at the end of the day he doesn't lose the fight. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, to keep the hands uh, intact in there, and and uh, man, it was uh, it was some rough stuff at the end. And you know, just in terms of the physicality in in total throughout this game, you know, so much was made of it heading in. Sheldon Keefe was saying he expected it to be a fairly violent series. Obviously, with Clifford's big lick early on, that kind of got the juices flowing that way. But you know, we we talked about the Leafs kind of matching up or exceeding the Lightning in every facet of this game, and I thought physicality was right there. I don't think they were going out of their way to making a point. I did think early on in the game, the Lightning were kind of running around and the Leafs hadn't answered. But, you know, you look at the end of that game, line brawl, Leafs are all right in it. There there was a moment at the end where Engvall kind of had a haggle pushed up against the glass. And that's a moment where you say, oh, wow, Pierre Engvall, 6'5". You're probably pretty scary to a lot of dudes out there. And I like to see that. So, you know, I don't, I don't think we need to make too, too much out of it. But I thought the Leafs definitely answered the bell in, in terms of the physicality of the game as well. And, and you're right about Tampa Bay at one point had that edge, but the Leafs had it for more of the game. And again, you know, um, I, I don't speak for Kyle Dubas as much. I speak more in chatting with Brendan Shanahan. That, that's exactly, he doesn't, he, he doesn't ignore the physical part. That was a big part of his DNA when he played Brendan Shanahan. Mm-hmm. But the toughness is when you got Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner and company, and they are, they are coming at you like buzzsaws in your own zone. Okay, that's toughness. Never mind the physicality. That's toughness when you can't get the puck and they dominate the play and they score a goal. And and that's always what, you know, Brendan Shannon has maintained uh, is the way hockey is. Nowadays, it's more important, that kind of stuff nowadays. And and uh, I, I, li- I, I like that analogy that it can be the toughest team to play against. And, you know, we're, we're talking about the funeral for Guy Lafleur tomorrow in Montreal. That era, they won four Stanley Cups. Okay, that that, that was, Guy Lafleur didn't get many penalty minutes. That was that was team toughness when he was out there with Jacques Lemaire and Steve Shutt. Yeah, no, that that's exactly the case. And you know, man, it, it is funny. I I wonder how many members of uh, Leafs Nation just think of uh, Shanny as the guy in the suit. No, yeah, he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, more than just a goal scorer, folks. I, I don't think uh, anybody listed here needs to hear that. But man, uh, Brendan Shanahan certainly uh, was very comfortable in games uh, that that felt like the end of this one. Uh, one. One other guy I wanted to touch on here, Andre Kasha back in the lineup. I was very skeptical about how this was going to go. You know, a guy who's been off for more than a month, he had the concussion issues. You're throwing him back, not just into game one of a playoff series, but you're throwing him right back into the top six. Uh, I thought there were a few little plays early on where it was just a guy who didn't kind of have his game speed up, but he finishes the night with a couple of assists. I thought he he really looked just comfortable out there. And man, again, we, we, he was somebody we talked about so much kind of before Mikheyev and Engvall really got going here this year. But man, if you can have uh, Engvall and Mikheyev looking the way they did tonight and then throw Kasha into the mix as well, it just kind of adds to the depth. I, I, I really liked how he looked uh, with Tavares. Throw Kasha to the wind for a corny oh, saying. Uh, oh. Yes. But no, I, I, you know, there's really nothing we're going to pick apart and criticize for the Maple Leafs tonight. I, I mean, the Clifford unfortunate hit, but the good news is they killed off that five minutes major. But 
I was first really surprised that Kasha was ready because you don't, you know, you don't get any news nowadays about what a player's health stuff. Maybe Peter Morazic starts the next game. I don't know. I don't give <laughs> but I was pleased to hear that. And uh, there was an element of doubt whether it would be game number one. And, you know, we've talked about it, Brent, all year long, the different, the, the different flavors these new players bring, you know, starting with bunting, you know, creating a lot of offense and, and Kasha, yeah, it just you know you know maybe there was a shift or two or three getting acclimated. I I I just like seeing him out there. I, I like what he brings to the table, and you really saw it tonight, man. That was great that he could you know come back and play in game number one and play game play really well in game number one. Yeah, I uh, I liked it as well. And then uh, you know, you know just kind of looking ahead now. So so Kyle Clifford, uh, you know I I've seen some people wondering if maybe there's a suspension coming there. I've long stopped wondering uh, what's going to happen with the Department of Player Safety. Uh, you know we always say the 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 calculation is basically two playoff game or sorry one playoff game equals two in the regular season. So if you think that's a two game suspension, maybe he gets one here. But you know, let, let's let's live in a world where Clifford's available next game. Uh, you know, and he's not suspended. Based on the way it ended, do you think you have to go back and dress the same lineup? Do you have to dress the same lineup given how it went, even though Clifford was not really a factor in, in this game at all? What what would you do uh, go, going forward for, for game two here, Gord? Well, we always do dissect too much the fourth line and the third defensive pair. I mean, I'm always, ang- well, not anxious. I always like to see Jason Spezza in the game, but I got I to gotta put bias aside. And, and I, I could see Sheldon Keefe just saying, look, the way the game went, we couldn't play a more perfect playoff game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to address the same game, same lineup if Kyle Clifford is available, which um, also is a, a show of support for Kyle Clifford, making plays that he'll be out of the NHL if he makes those plays. He knows it. He knows it. But uh, uh, and, and because of the history with Nazem Kadri and how those situations, particularly the second one, how they impacted the playoff series, it just brings these kind of flashbacks. So his was not to the same degree. So I, I, I can see one of those two things happening. But I think you got to keep Simmons in the lineup right now. You know, and then, again, if Tampa Bay goes down 2 nothing, I'm not saying Tampa Bay goes down 2 nothing, But just in general, either way, if it's 2 nothing Toronto or 1-1, you kind of get a lot of the, you know, the, the, the like, like, the guys who are supposed to fight fighting in the first two games. And then after that, it just gets a little, little harder to find those opportunities because you've kind of got that out of way, out of the way and a different style without that quite often is what emanates. Yeah, obviously the Lightning are going to worry the most about evening this series, and the Leafs will worry the most about kind of taking a 2 nothing series lead. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Maroon and, and Perry were, were sniffing around Simmons again because uh, I don't think they liked that he skated away from that. And quite frankly, I don't think he liked that he did. I think it was the right move. You know, we think back to the whole Matthew Sherratt thing last year. But, you know, when you skate away and you're the bigger man and then all of a sudden there there's a line brawl uh, behind you, that's certainly not the way. So, yeah, I would imagine uh, all three of those guys are, are uh, would be interested in talking uh, next game. Obviously, you take care of business there, uh, first and foremost. One other thing I do feel like, and look, I am so high on the Leafs after this game. How could you not be after the way they played? I will say I don't know that the Lightning can 
can play a much worse game than that. You know, Stamkos had a one-timer open on the power play. Yeah. He completely fans on it. Vasilevsky, I'm not going to say he's not going to be that bad again because we saw him be this bad a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, we also think of the money goaltender that he is. So, you know, the Leafs, they played great, and they can absolutely replicate this effort three, four, five more times. Who knows how many times they have to do it in this series. But uh, don't sit there and think that that's the Lightning team you're going to see uh, every single night because that was uh, that was a – you know, a C game from them at best, it kind of felt like. Well, Leafs are up 3-1 against Montreal last year. Um, I could have lost all my money betting on a sure thing. <laughs> if they're up 3-1 to Tampa Bay, I'm not betting. No. Even though, like, I picked, the Ma- I picked the Maple Leafs to win this series. I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. I'm not trying to jinx them. Uh, but you got to play more like you did tonight. But it's, it is the Tampa Bay Lightning. And, you know, it, it's it's like in tennis playing Federer or Nadal or Jokovic that you better get that final point. Okay, because whatever it may be, you know, you may have five set points, but until you finally get one, it's not over. When when individuals or teams that know how to win, uh, that is a, that that is one intangible that the Leafs cannot get control of or get an advantage of in this series. You went Federer and Nadal. I really thought you were going to say that I was try, trying to like sneak it by Gord Stellick's backhand during triples tennis. Is really the Good analogy point. I thought I thought we yes. were going to get Good there. Point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Gordo, anything else uh, b- before we wrap up here tonight? I mean, I you know me. I'm, I'm riding a big-time high after this win. Of course, uh, we'll be back down there uh, when the series picks up, uh, picks back up uh, on Wednesday night, and we'll have the game for you on uh, City News 680. But uh, anything else uh, from you before we say goodbye tonight, Gord? Well, it's kind of like that term, the for perfection line, which is not a leaf line, but it was like the perfection team tonight. Like, it, just, it was like – I don't remember the la- – I don't remember, Brent, the last playoff game like this, Okay. You know, they had good playoff games, but the last playoff game like this, and it's against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. And boy, when we're down there, keep it going, Leafs fans, the ones that are fortunate to be able to go to the game. I mean, make make the building rock. And, uh, you know, it just it's, it's a building that's never quite rocked like other places. And I think I said to you, it's weird. The one time it really rocked was just before Ty Domi turned the series around with his cheap shot on Scott Niedermeyer oh. with the last minute against the New Jersey Devils. I was there with a guy named Brian Spear. We were working for the score, and then we would go back to our uh, the station on King Street afterwards to do post-game. And Brian now is a producer for Hockey Night in Canada. And it got so loud, and we're looking, going, man, this is really neat. Then, boom, Ty Domi hits Niedermeyer. All hell breaks loose, and the Leafs end up losing the series. Domi gets suspended, yada, yada, yada. So I, I think Leaf fans are kind of saying, wow, COVID for a couple of years, um, we're learning something about ourselves and the potential you know, if everybody's not hanging in the Air Canada Club or wherever you hang and is out there and being vocal about what home ice advantage can mean. No, I'm I'm really happy you brought that up. That crowd was awesome tonight. I mean, the team gave them tons of reasons to feel that way and to be celebrating. They're chanting Andre at Vasilevsky. They're chanting Steven or Stamkos. Uh, I would say be a little bit careful with that. You don't want to poke the bear too, too much there. Uh, but I absolutely love to see it. I love to see the building rocking like that. And Gordo, I cannot wait to be down there with you on Wednesday. Fun, fun stuff tonight, of course. Thanks so much to our producer, Sam McKee, who you think we were bullish on the Leafs both of us taking them in seven he took them in five he said Leafs in five so a five nothing win 
that's a pretty good omen uh, for him uh, so far. Uh, as I mentioned, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here, wrapping up what was a shutout win for the Leafs in the first game of their first round series against the Lightning. They're up 1-0 after a 5-0 win at home. Series picks back up on Wednesday. Gord and I will be down there. Thanks so much for listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.